You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Aloha, I'm Fernando. And I'm Jamie. And this is the Opposite Taste Podcast. Two Gen Xers who can't be more different sample odd snacks and discuss or argue about pop culture in a very lively cafe today. Oh, today, huh? Yeah. Well, we have to record a little bit earlier just because I got a jet somewhere. And it's a Friday, I think. Too. It's an Aloha Friday. So, what you gonna do, son? What you gonna do? People going crazy. Losing their minds, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Of course, we got our snack review coming up at the end of the episode. But first, we got medieval films. Now these are films that were made in the medieval era, so mostly papers, uh, notebooks, just flipping them in rapid succession. (laughs) Scratching on the stone stone wall. Um, No. No. But uh, before we get into it, we got our sponsor. Who's your sponsor this week, Jamie? My sponsor. And I hope I didn't do this before. I have the same feeling with mine, too. It seems way too familiar. Even so, who cares? Okay. Exactly. It's our um, show, damn it. Yeah. Okay, so mine is the index finger. Okay. The index finger. Does that sound familiar? Not at all. Good. Arguably the most versatile and useful finger. It can capture a tear or feel the softness of a baby's skin. Or on the other spectrum, pick at a scab or point out a crumb your husband made. Wow. That's like a, like a video ad. Kind it's of. crazy. Yeah. It's, you can put that on a billboard. Two models. Maybe a puppy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. My sponsor this week for medieval films is Dungeons & Dragons. Keep that virginity intact with Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know I harp on that same thing a lot with nerds being virgins, but again, it's my show, so whatever. Yeah, so unfair. <laughs> so... Uh, before we get to some background, you have a question for me, Jamie? You um, just break your pen? Yeah. You know the, um, that, what do you um, call this thing that you can... Um, that soft tip? I don't know. Soft what tip where you can um, use on your cell phone. As a stylus? Yeah, a stylus. That's yeah. Just ripped it off. Jeez. It's, it's over a year old, yeah. Too much mana you get. I love this pen. Anyway. Um, Good news. I have like 500 of them. So I can get you another one. No, no problem. Did you steal them? Well, I would never steal uh, a ton of pens in that quantity. I mean, we won't say what government... Um, <laughs> what agency <laughs> it's from. But I do have a lot of those pens, so I'll get you a few. Okay, cool. Uh, anyway, so, sorry. Question for you. You love to smell things good and bad, right? That is true. Because you're Portuguese. That is true. Do you think that there would be a smell that you would refuse to smell? <laughs> Uh, no. Unless, well, unless I knew it was totally harmful. You know, I'll never... Like toxic. S- yeah, yeah. So if I... You if would cause an infection in your lungs, like... Right, like, right. yes. By smelling something, I'd be getting spores from it, or... Um, yeah. But otherwise, if it smells so bad, I would never not smell something just because it smells, for the sake that it's smelling bad. Like that for me. I bet I can. I can choose something that you wouldn't smell. <laughs> you can, yeah. You can try. 
But yeah, otherwise, uh, I'm gonna go for it unless it causes me bodily harm. Let's say... <laughs> <laughs> this can be an ongoing challenge. I mean, it doesn't have to be just today, but all seasons <coughs> long. Let's say a certain person's car. <laughs> Stop doing that. What? Okay. Um, certain person we know. Uh, so I don't have to get in the car? No. Stick your head in the window. Oh, yeah. The window yeah, yeah, yeah. And take a good whiff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I would smell that. You know that might give you a lung infection. I'll just do the uh, the scientist whiff. You know what I mean? Oh, like the waft. The waft. The waft. It's not Using weird. your hand, it's a waft. you uh, you bring it in. <laughs> you fan it to yourself, <laughs> so it's not a direct inhalation. Okay. So I'm just getting essence of spores mm -hmm. rather than the spores themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You just get it like a slight cough. That's where I'm coming from. Okay. Moving on to some background in medieval. Now, in the history of Europe, the Middle Ages, or medieval period, lasted from the 5th to the 15th century. It began with the fall of the Western Roman Empire and merged into the Renaissance and the Age of Discovery. The Middle Ages is the middle period of three traditional divisions of Western history, classical antiquity, the medieval period, and the modern period. The medieval period itself is subdivided into the early, high, and late Middle Ages. Now this is important because originally when I was coming up with some of my titles that I wanted to talk about today, some of them were like Three Musketeers era. Which is more, more Renaissance, which is, right? Which is 1600s. So we thought. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's right next it's, to each other. Yeah, it's right after this it's period. It blends into yeah, each other. Yeah, so it's similar, similar enough that one could get easily confused. However, I tried my damnedest to do a mm -hmm. uh, pretty Me good too. distinction. Me too. Oh, good, good, glad. Okay, so now that we're all caught up on what medieval is, we can move into our favorite medieval devices. Mm -hmm. So, Jamie, you were really excited about this one, and you were just going to kill in this category. So, why don't you go ahead and go first? Yeah, well, originally I was just going to go for the cod piece, which is kind of, um, I don't know, obligatory. Sort of too easy. It was too easy. That was on the top of your brain anyway. Kind of was. You just fired that one off easily. Because, you know, it's, it's near and dear to the area that's very interesting. Anyway. It's near and dear to the area that's near and dear to you. Yeah. <laughs> But I, um, I arrived at this one. It's a trebuchet. 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 Okay. Yeah. French? It is, yes. It's a type of catapult. It uses oh. a swinging arm to throw a projectile. Um, the counterweight trebuchet is what we, I think, what we most think about. You know, it's like a... Yeah. I'm really good at sound effects. Um, anyway, the counterweight trebuchet appeared in both Christian and Muslim lands around the 12th, 12th century. And even today, you can find them in, um, maybe not, not in Hawaii, but um, uh, during the fall, some farms have um, pumpkin launching. Yes, they do. Yep, and they mm -hmm. use the trebuchet. They use that and the cannon. Ah. Yeah. Trebuchet seems a lot more fun. I think so. Yeah. I agree. A lot more working, working uh, parts yeah. to it. Okay. Okay. 
Uh, believe it or not, I had the same device. No. Yeah. What? The catapult, a ballistic device used to launch a projectile at great distance without the aid of explosive devices. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of our podcast. <laughs> yep, okay, we agreed on something. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I have some a list of films, some non-medieval, uh, sure. but uh, that featured the catapult. I'll just go through a bunch here. Yeah. Chronicles of Narnia, Night at the Museum, Kingdom of Heaven, Alexander, Attila the Hun, King Arthur, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, Gladiator, Excalibur, The Messenger, The Story of Joan of Arc, Lord, uh, sorry, Last Castle, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Robin and Marion, uh, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, The Scorpion King, Flesh and Blood, <gasps> halfway done. <clears throat> Jabberwocky, Army of Darkness, Timeline, Young Einstein, Willow, Empire Strikes Back, Richie Rich, and El Cid. There we go. Yep. That was a courtesy of Wired, I believe. At one time, I, I was I had the bright idea to buy a small trebuchet model for Hell my yeah. nephews. Oh, no. Um, it was quickly... Um, smashed down by my husband and my parents. <laughs> I mean, the, the idea to do that was quickly nixed. Are you saying that there was one that existed? No, no, it was, it was say like this big, this big. Like you yeah. saw it in a store? Yeah, like Amazon. What? Yes. I may just buy it for myself. Can we, no, can we post that to our, <sighs> to our show notes? Okay. To our, our Facebook page right. in case me or anyone else or me wants to yeah, buy one. Yeah, but what if they buy one and then they hurt themselves horribly? So? We didn't we didn't sell it to them. Right. We just told them where to buy it. Alright. <laughs> They're just gonna tell the paramedics that, you know, it's because of this podcast. We're just spreading awareness. Okay. Good or bad. Because maybe it shouldn't be up there, but we want to call attention to it so that someone can go there and leave a comment and rate it as such. You know? <laughs> okay. Anyway. Probably the uh, the most uh, predictable topic here. Favorite medieval film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you got, Jamie? Uh, thank you to uh, Crystal for reminding me um, about this movie. It's Lady Hawk, 1985. I have the DVD. Um, wow, okay. But I forgot about it for some reason. I, just, I think Excalibur was just filling my mind. But, you um, had Excalibur on the brain. I did, I did. Uh, anyway, Lady Hawk, Matthew Broderick, um, Michelle Pfeiffer, what? Rutger Hauer, just the best cast you would ever want to have you for, got a, with, for a movie with, like that. Before Leonardo DiCaprio came by and stole my heart, uh, I was pretty pretty gay for Matthew Broderick's acting. So I can imagine, yeah. So I'm kind of down for that. That was pre-glory then, huh? Oh yeah, Pre- even um, Ferris Bueller. One year before. No kidding. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't the household name that, that uh, Ferris Bueller made him right. at that time. Um, yeah. When was Biloxi Blues? Was that after Ferris Bueller? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, Lady Hawk, <laughs> the story about a young thief who willingly gets involved with a warrior and his lady that are hunted by the Bishop of Aquila. If he com- as he comes to know about the couple's past and secret, he finds himself determined to help them overcome the bishop's oppressions, both in arms and in the form of a demonic curse. So yeah, it's just a great blend of romance, um, comedy. Like if you want the comedy, Matthew, Matthew Broderick was perfect. And you want a romance between very beautiful people, 
that was Michelle Pfeiffer and Rucker Hauer. And then we have like the hero who's Rucker Hauer. He's like a knight. He was like tall, dashing, and he wore a lot of leather. Uh, just and then Michelle Pfeiffer back then was super beautiful, very willowy, you know, kind of ethereal. Ah, okay. Awesome movie. Oh, I have an honorable mention. Okay, go for it. Timeline. Two thousand three, and you mentioned that in the trebuchet. I'm, oh, okay. I think maybe maybe this movie is because you know is sort of the cause of my trebuchet obsession. Um, I remember that one of the, the battle scenes, right, right before they launch the trebuchet, they go trebuchet. Ah. Kind of like when you. That sounds kind of cool. The golf ball and four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, that sounds way cooler than catapult. <laughs> Timber! No, catapult. Catapult! In a French accent, what would you say? Catapult! 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 So you just say trebuchet! Anyway, that was Paul Walker, Gerard Butler, Billy Connolly, based on a book by the great Michael Crichton. And the plot was a team of present day archaeologists are sent back in time to rescue their professor from medieval France in the middle of a battle. Wow. Paul Walker, was that the guy in Faster Than Furious? Yes. That died? Deceased, yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. thought he only did those films. Didn't know he no. acted in anything else. Yeah. Good to know, good to know. All right. My favorite medieval film is Willow. Willow Walker. I didn't choose it because it's fantasy more than anything. And I didn't think mm. it met my criteria at least. But I, it did come up in the thoughts. Oh, did it now? The thoughts. Okay, okay. But sometimes, lots, lots of them came up in my thoughts. I mean, there's a lot of things I choose generally because I like them, but sometimes I choose things just because I know it's going to make you crazy. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Willow. Like, because I'm a stickler? Yeah, mm. yeah. So <laughs> Willow is a 1988 American high fantasy film. High, not just a regular I think you can, you can make, sci-fi. maybe someone can call it a fantasy medieval film or medieval fantasy medieval oh. fantasy sorry. yeah medieval yeah fantasy. agreed sure we've got to get on wikipedia and change that exactly um it was directed by ron howard produced and with a story by george lucas and starring warwick davis val kilmer joanne wally mm-hmm. gene marsh bill barty you want to talk about a stellar cast this is the one <laughs> <laughs> did i lose you lose you after val kilmer uh davis plays the eponymous lead character and hero remember uh, Warwick Davis he was uh, one of the the Ewoks his, um, his, his uh, gadget no I'm just kidding um, <laughs> I, I forget what, which Ewok he played the gremlin and I'm just no maybe he did no he didn't oh okay and Ewok um, what was his name I don't know what his Ewok name was no um, oh. oh I don't know Anyway, he's a, he's a reluctant farmer who plays a critical role in protecting a special baby from a tyrannical queen who vows to destroy her and take over the world in a high fantasy setting. He's also a wannabe magician. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. With his, with his wand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just like the way he, he argues with uh, Val Kilmer, who plays Mad Monaghan. Mm-hmm. The last thing she needs is a hairy chest. Wow. Because he's feeding the, the little princess baby some black root. 
You never give a baby black root. Come on, it'll put hair in her is chest. Is that the old? The um, last thing she needs is a old sorceress. No, no, it's Willow just uh, arguing with. Uh, he didn't sound like that. Yeah, he did. Mad Monaghan. Oh, okay. I, have, I, had, I had to switch my ear. Yeah, well, to sort of tune my, my ear impression of it is a mix of Willow and when the sorceress uh, turns into a goat. That's why it sounds like her. Yeah. Mad Monaghan. And then the real yeah, boy, yeah. like, uh. <laughs> Use your sorcery, Willow. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I want to go watch it now. Is it on Netflix? I don't think God so. Damn it, it should be. It's hardly on TV. I don't know why. They should do it more often. Probably write something about All day. <sighs> I have no um, runner-ups or honorable mentions because nothing comes close to Willow. Okay, so this is the, the moment we've been waiting for. Thank you to our listeners for contributing their favorite. Again, out of the thousands film. that have poured in their <laughs> feedback, we have whittled it down to a manageable amount. <laughs> We're here to present those lucky contributors right now. Here we go. Okay. Okay. Daniel and Smitha, they both chose A Knight's Tale. Heath Ledger, yeah? Oh, okay. Heath Ledger. That's a good one. Daniel says he loves it because, yeah, Heath Ledger. And also, he loves that Golden Years dance. He said it was pretty swank. Mm. So I had to look it up. The, you had to look up what swank dance, means? Or? Dance. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey. It's not funny. <laughs> Urban Dictionary. Hello, old friend. No. Um, yeah, so the, the, the dance was kind of... It was pretty swank, I gotta say. <laughs> okay, uh, Smitha says, yeah, she loves Heath Ledger. Um, and it was a good mix of humor, storyline, and good acting. Okay, so the um, tongue-in-cheek answer was by my friend Sharif. Uh, he said, the cable guy and Pulp Fiction. And you, be, you might be saying, what? <laughs> Wrong. No. But there is a medieval, medieval sort of dream fight scene. Is that it? Um, in, in Cable Guy. In Cable, I, I don't think it's a dream. It actually happens. They go. They have a guy date uh, to medieval times. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I didn't see the movie. Exactly. I don't know. Okay, so that. That one then, is on either Netflix or Hulu. By the way. I wouldn't watch it anyway. <laughs> um, and in Pulp Fiction, uh, there's a moment when, when Ding Rames says, I'm going to get medieval on your ass. Right. And he sounds exactly like that. Sure. No, that was a dead impression for <laughs> sure. Um, whether dead th- is the, the <laughs> word. Cable guy, yes, because it actually suited up. So right. I would take that as medieval. That's why I said it's tongue in cheek. Yeah. Okay, so my friend Faye says, um, she was the standout here. She, she says, The Court Jester with Danny Kaye. It's an old movie, but he's so funny. 1956, that movie. Ah. Needless to say, I did not see that. I didn't see that one either. Big no. fan of Danny, though. Yeah, you know, he's cool. Crystal, um, she's the one that mentioned, uh, reminded me of Lady Hawk. So she chose Lady Hawk. Um, she loved Rutger Hauer, and there was uh, his uh, horse was Extra Black Stallion. I guess it was really, really black. Oh, okay. Um, and then Rodney, he says he likes the uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you guys. <laughs> In fact, uh, my favorite device was almost going to be the coconuts from uh, <laughs> Monty Python. I don't remember. To make the sound of the horse because oh, they didn't okay, have a horse. Okay, now I do remember. Okay, yeah. I, 
I can see that. So yeah. there's a guy on the back, his main, his only sole purpose was to make the, the click. That is pretty clacks. hilarious. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. Okay, any others? Uh, are we all done? Favorite medieval films? Yep. Okay, least favorite medieval film. You go first. Let's turn up that hate. Okay, <laughs> I'll go first. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, 1991. Kevin Costner. I thought you liked that one. I don't. Oh. I didn't like it. I know of it. Okay. But I'm just, yeah. Uh, where do I begin? I don't know. I have, uh, I have a lot of mixed feelings about Kevin Costner. Wait, did you see it? I kind of saw it. Oh, okay. But then also, mind you, this is the early 90s. And I was in concert band at this time. And so the soundtrack was huge for this film. Got Brian Adams in there. And so there was this symphony arrangement that got passed around between like every school imaginable. Where it was like this huge medley where it had like the, the French horn. So it was like really like irritating and I'm not a big fan of French horns anyway. And then, then they go into that, into the whole Brian Adams thing with the oboe taking care of the lead. And again, this is the early 90s. It's kind of a romantic type of feel. And romantic stuff back then made me very frustrated because I couldn't get any girl to like me. Romance. Because, yeah, I was like. There was no romance like, in your yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. Here's a kid with a Spanish name at a all God, Asian God high school. It. And yeah, I couldn't get anyone to. Love me. To go outside of the race and give me a chance. Go outside of the race. <laughs> <laughs> Head to the fringe, ladies. Give it a shot. Jeez. Anyway. So, yeah, just all over the place. A lot of mixed emotions. Heavy baggage with Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Okay. Well, at least you admit it. Yeah. What do you got, Jamie, for your least favorite um, medieval film? I, in my notes here, my least favorite film would be Fernando's favorite film. <laughs> <laughs> Of but, course, but of course. since you pick Willow, I cannot say that. Because I like Willow. Okay, all right. So let's just pass over that. Okay, we'll, we'll glide over that one. Over to Best Actor in a Medieval Film. This one was the one of the ones that I had to change once I realized Three Musketeers, that whole era, wasn't medieval. Otherwise, there's going to be Leonardo DiCaprio in The Man in the Iron Mask. But. Right. I did think about him too, and then I thought, no, that's Renaissance. Right. Because that's how we came up with this. And someday we will do a Renaissance film. We have to, because, uh, yeah, because I remember I had just watched Man in the Iron Mask or something, and we were just talking, and we started rattling off all these films that we thought were around the same period, and then we were like, oh yeah, we should just do a podcast and just right. medieval films. Right. Yeah. But yeah, eventually we'll hit to that Renaissance. But anyway. Wait, did you want to go? Sure, why not? I'm already here. Mel Gibson, Braveheart, 1995. Just, it's a good story. Mel Gibson's before he got all racist and stuff and lost his mind. <laughs> so it's a good time. It's a good time. Good stuff. Very emotional. That's I remember my, my ex-girlfriend um, going over to her house and her mom was just sitting in front of the TV bawling? right after. Yeah, bawling just right after watching Brave, Braveheart. We're like, what? Why do you have to die? It's so sad. It's so sad. <laughs> Uh, okay. So that, that that's all I got. That's Mel all you Gibson. got. Yeah, that's all I got. What do you got? I got Rutger Hauer. 
Again, he was in Lady Hawk. Uh, right now he is 75 years old. That's what I looked up. He was born in the Netherlands. He is known for, well, he did lots of movies, um, but he's known for Blade Runner, The Hitcher, Nighthawks. Have you seen that? No. You, what? No. Are you sure? Yeah. I'm very sure. Stallone? No. God, you have to see that. Really? That is missing from your Stallone repertoire. Ah, my Stallone catalog. Jesus Christ. Is that when he's like a, what is he, like a spy or some shit? Stallone? Yeah. No, he's a cop. Oh. Okay, no. And it's really good? Well, I like it. Better than Cobra? No, right? Well, yeah. Let's not get crazy here. I can't go into the Let's mind not, of a Stallone fan. Let's start a riot. Sorry, cannot. Um, sorry, anyway. Sin City, of course, Lady Hawk, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Batman Begins. But he's done so much more. Wow. Yeah. He's Quite a, cool a resume. Guy. Sorry I didn't uh, drum up all that info for Mel Gibson. That's okay. But you know who he is. You know what he's done. Mel, Mel will survive. Lethal Weapon. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> say no more. Say no more. Mad that Max. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shit, yeah. Iconic. Was he in The Patriot? He has his problems, but... Huh? The Patriot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good movie, too. That was a good one. Oh, we should do patriotic movies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, For Fourth of July? Oh. Yeah, maybe. Patriot. Maybe we'll come out of... Uh, patriotic or America? Uh, America. I'll just we'll write see. down patriotic for now. Yeah. We'll see where that uh, comes out as far as, like... Is it going to be this season? Maybe next season? We should do some planning there. Yeah. Good one, though. Yeah. So we got best actors done. Yes. Best v villain. Best oh. villain in a medieval film. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. to go? Yeah. Okay. Uh, King Edward Longshanks in Braveheart. Yeah. Played by Patrick McGowan. Um, and actually, I kind of forgot that uh, he was actually a quite a... Um, well accomplished accomplished very good accomplished actor um one of my uh, it was a good cat movie that he was in called the three lives of thomasina <laughs> ah. it was a disney movie okay yeah he was in that when he was younger he was also in ice station zebra mary mary queen of scots silver streak i didn't even know that you know um, with gene wilder no i haven't seen that either oh you gotta see that really if you like dumb movies that's like a classic dumb movie. Okay. You know. All right. Um, Escape from Alcatraz and A Time to Kill. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Best villain for me is Lord Farquaad <laughs> from Shrek 2001. You're, you're on the fringes there. <laughs> that, was, that was another one where I, I, I sincerely kind of do feel that way, but I, again, I just wanted to kind of irritate you. But... He is kind of a creepy villain, just because he's super short, he is, yeah. with such a gigantic head. It's, yeah. it's, he's a pretty creepy character. Was that John Lithgow? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Lithgow is awesome. He's such a he is incredible amazing. actor. Yeah, incredible he's actor. a really talented guy. Yeah. He does like a one-man show, I think. I might have heard that, yes. Yes. And he was on that sitcom. What was that great sitcom? Third... Third Rock from the Sun? Yes. And he was uh, in Harry and the Hendersons? Did you ever see the one he did with Robin Williams? Um, no. 
Way back when, I mean, no, when, when Robert Williams was one of his first films. Uh, the World According to Garp, have you seen that? No, I think I've heard of that one. You should look that up. Okay. Maybe Netflix has it, I don't know. All right. So moving on to Best Medieval Film Soundtrack. So this could be whether you just love one song from it or you just love the whole damn thing. The entire musical journey that this, <laughs> this film took you on. I'll go first. Sure. Because it seems like you need some inspiration here, Jamie. I do. So I, do. I feel very strongly about this, this one. Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Feel that. 1993. Right. Mel Brooks, so you know it's good. I don't think I've and seen you know the whole movie very in its entirety. That could, if, if it hasn't been on Broadway yet, it damn should be. Maybe so good. There's rapping in it, and just, yeah, it's really, I mean, there's lots of hilarious moments, but all coupled with musicality that exceeds the modern day musical genre. And it's, uh, it's a jewel of our culture. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and I gotta look it up on Apple Music to see if it's there. It's good stuff. In fact, yes, I, I can already hear your requests. We're gonna post one of the songs. Oh I think God. the Men in Tights song, actually the Men in Tights it's song. The, oh, it's called Men in Tights? Yeah. We're Men in Tights. Do they cough in that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Let's see. Okay. You're gonna love it. It's gonna be good. All right. So since I wasn't really feeling this um, category here, I'm just gonna say Braveheart, 1995. Okay. It's more the score, you know. Right. Right. It was kind of big. Right. Brian Adams definitely wasn't in that one. No. <laughs> Who's down Scotland? It might have even been uh, nominated for an Oscar, but because I wasn't feeling this, I didn't do any research. Put out his intestines, made it look like a rope. And then he said freedom. Said freedom. 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 <laughs> Damn. Good thing we're pressing record on this. <laughs> Shit. No. Good stuff. No. <laughs> Jamie, what type of character would you be in a medieval film? Okay, I would be, and I gave this some thought here. Okay, before you oh. answer, I just want to know, I just want to know, is this a, per, uh, a character that you would wish to be, or based on your character of a person that you're now? You know, like just based on your own personal character, as a reflection of who you are in daily life, this is who you would be. Of course, it has a piece of me. Okay. Yes, a piece of me resides in this character. Okay, good. Yes. Good. That's what I was hoping for. Um, and, uh, but I was thinking of, you know, if I were to be someone, not necessarily in a film, but truly in medieval times, mm -hmm. what would I be? You know. So, I came up with this. I am the daughter of a weapons maker. And wow. I secretly make awesome weapons because I, I don't think they would make any, let any women make weapons. Ah, okay. Yeah. Did some some accurate thinking there, huh? Mm -hmm. Wow, that almost sounded like a, like a dungeon master at some point creating roles for people. It sounds pretty real, I gotta say. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. You know who I think I would be? Uh, th again, Court jester. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. But 
again, this isn't someone who I'd, I'd like choose to be, but just based on my character, my personal You're character. You're born into it or something? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I'd probably be, you know, that, that bishop or that cardinal that's like close to the king, but then betrays him. And your name would be Rasputin? Or something or, like that, or, um, you know. <laughs> was that? Oh, no. Sorry. See, no, I'm, I'm, my, my mind continually slips into the Renaissance period for some reason. See? See? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I'm just kind of that, that character. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be that guy. Evil. Backstabber. Evil. Evil. Whispers Evil. into the king's ear. Yeah, you know. I think I've got the eyebrows Sire. for it. So. Saya, I think. I think, you know, I'd, I'd earn his trust. Like, I'd be yeah. such a good right-hand man. And then mm. when shit goes south, I'm just totally gonna stab him in the back. His words are suspect, do you not think? <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, that was good. See? Thanks. All kind of gems today. Very good. A good acting one. <laughs> yeah. So we're now we're gonna do medieval film yet to be made. Okay. So this is like, out of all the medieval films you've watched, you haven't seen this story yet, or maybe you want to redo one of your favorite medieval films, or maybe a mashup. So here we go. Jamie, your favorite medieval film yet to be made? Okay. So this would be. I couldn't really um, figure out uh, choose between the Robin Hood or the King Arthur. Series, um, saga. Whatever. Yeah. So this would be either Maid Marian or Guinevere. Okay. And she, of course, is a mild-mannered milady during the day. At night, she was a master assassin. Hey. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That reminds me of this book that uh, I read to my girls called Princess in Black. Ooh. Where she's like a princess during the day and at night she's kind of like a crime fighter. Oh. Disclaimer, I did not read that. I did not read that that book. You know, there's a few that it's I think the girls are done reading. My... I'll go ahead and uh, I'll let you bang no. out one of those books uh, okay. during your lunch break. That's all right. <laughs> you can take to the book club. No. <laughs> what I would want to do is redo First Night. Remember First Night, 1995 with Richard Gere? Yeah. Yeah. But replace Sean Connery with the dragon that he voiced in Dragonheart in 1996. Would he still be playing the king? Yes, he'd be the king, but he's a dragon. He's still the last dragon. Oh, okay. Yeah, but he's also king. Taking fantasy a bit far? <laughs> well, I mean, my favorite was Willow, so you know me. And then no matter what, there has to be at least three times in every film that he does where he has to say he, that he's the last one. And then he would say, push it along. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Exactly. All right. Exactly. So that's, that's my fantasy medieval film that has yet to be made. Nice. This one is fun. Best snacks to eat while <laughs> watching a medieval film. I just kind of blurted this one out when we were brainstorming. Yeah, it took me a little bit by surprise, I gotta say. Like, what? But I ended up, uh, I'm happy with what I found. Yeah, so, it's not, it's, you know, when you think about it, it's not bad. Yeah, so what do you got? <clears throat> I got uh, caramel popcorn with pecans and beef jerky. Ooh. I like that. It's like a subtly sweet, woody type of flavors yes. going on. So first, I want to just call to attention the, the typical snacks of that time period, <laughs> which were similar, kind of similar to the taste that you have there. Warm roasted nuts. What is, is that a it's mosquito? Ant. It's an ant. It's an ant. I think that's the only one. That was like a scout. All right, that's good. He's like, wait till I tell the others. Hey, go! <laughs> it's a podcast. No way. Hey, guys. Look. Okay. 
Okay, snacks of the medieval, medieval time. Warm roasted nuts, uh, cheeses, olives, and chunky bread, and yummy toffee apples. Mm. So there you go. So going with that, I'd want to kind of harp back to some of those tastes. So I would suggest um, cheeses. I would say smoked Gouda cheese or chowda. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I've been, I've been kind of craving that anyway. And those Bavarian nuts, you know, that they sell at the Blaisdell. Like, mm -hmm. They don't sell anywhere else except for like the Blaisdell during those uh, exhibitions that they have there. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just warm roasted flavored nuts mm -hmm. on your chin. On my chin. What? Nuts on your chin. On your chin? Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I say nuts, I just... Uh, anyway. I don't know. Oh, I get it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sorry I did get it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, snacks of that time. Give some a try. Some cheeses, some nuts, and some beef jerky. So that takes care of medieval films. So now, of course... That was funner than I thought it would be. <laughs> that's right. Way fun. <laughs> But now it's time for Who Would Win? All right, for this week for Who Would Win, it's the Battle of the Robin Hoods. We have mm -hmm. Kevin Costner versus Russell Crowe. Both played Robin Hood yep. in their respective films. Uh, Kevin Costner in uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Again, that was 1991. And Russell Crowe's in Robin Hood, what? I don't know. Okay. He played Robin Hood at some time. <laughs> sometime after that. After that, After yeah. that. Yeah. Tale of the tape here. Kevin Costner, 64 years old. Russell Crowe, 55 years old. Kevin Costner, 6'1". Russell Crowe stands at 6 feet even. Which I was kind of surprised by that. He strikes me as a 5'10 kind of guy. He's more stocky, that's why. That's why. Mm. That's why. He's a bruiser. Because Kevin Costner, he, because he's kind of lanky, at times, in certain roles, I would say, maybe even six two sometimes. He's not lanky. He strikes me as, as such, compared to other dudes. Lanky compared to Russell Crowe. Compared to Hervé Villachey. Sure. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, are they fighting as Robin Hood? They're, they're both definitely fighting in their prime, right? Otherwise, we definitely have to go with Russell Crowe in this one. Well, no, not really, because even if they were to fight now, Russell Crowe is pretty fat now, so actually Kevin Costner has a good chance. If they're fighting now, I might lean against uh, Kevin Costner on this one. So how about when they did the movie? Okay, at the time of their performance yeah. of Robin Hood. Yeah, let's do that. They do have a lot of, well, not a lot of similarities, but they do have a big similarity where uh, they're heavily into music, you know? They, mm. they have their own, like, band. So you're saying they're both very agile and they can do rock star kicks? No, I just say, David you know, Lee style. Like, I'm just saying they like music. <laughs> you're right, which matters when they're fighting. <laughs> okay, at the, so basically we're kind of talking at their prime, prime-ish. Russell Crowe, because he's, like you said, a bit stockier, he has more muscle mass, I think. Mm -hmm. Because they're close to the same height, as far as reach, uh, they s seem pretty the same. So, 
Russell Crowe seems more of a badass. I do want to say that Russell Crowe does have a collection of ancient Indonesian fighting knives. Well, shit, right there. You know what's in his blood. I'm just, I'm just kidding. For you, fuck. Yeah, I got you twice now. I know. It's not fair. What's up, man? It's not funny when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same thing too. <laughs> but I, but I would totally believe that. You know why? Because he's. He's in Gladiator, and Gladiator is such a badass film. Had Kevin Costner played a, a Gladiator in a film, I maybe imagine. I'd have like a yeah, exactly. You can't imagine because he's, he's not his a hair badass. His too nice. Or too thin. He's like thin. well, now it's thin. Yeah, but there's like it's some kind guys. Of soft. With, there's yeah, some guys. Soft hair. Yeah, some guys when yeah. they're young, you can even tell like oh, when you get older, it's gonna get thin. You just yeah. have like really thin looking hair. Yeah, high forehead. Yeah. And believe me, when it comes to high foreheads, I know. I'm, a f I'm in team five head myself. <laughs> but uh, I'm still going to go with Russell Crowe on this one, even in the prime. Okay, so here's my reasoning. Um, I do think as far as right, fighting style um, or fighting ability, Kevin Costner is probably fairly fast. Um, you know, quick, maybe, maybe a little, little quicker than Russell Crowe. Sure. But as far as, if you look at their, their span of films, um, Russell Crowe was in a whole lot more fighting type of film. Yep. Where he was a fighting person. Yep. He was in uh, Cinderella Man, which was boxing. Gladiator, which was, of course, being a gladi gladiator. Hell yeah. <laughs> of course, you got the two Robin Hoods. Um, what else? I forget. But anyway, um, so I just, yeah, I would just have to give it to Russell also. The only way I think Kevin Costner could win this one if they let the, their little Johns come in as kind of like a tag team or a backup, you know, to help them out. Who was little John in the other one? In Russell Crowe's one? Yeah. No idea. See, we don't know. We don't know. Oh, we don't know. But I'm going to make a very uneducated guess and just say that Kevin Costner's Little John is a badass. Like, Kevin Costner's Little John versus Russell Crowe. That would be something I'd want to see. These two Robin Hoods, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Oh, okay. You know who'd beat them both? Actually, these, none of these Morgan guys Freeman? are. Morgan no. <laughs> I was going to say the Fox and the Disney. There you Robin go. Hood. I love him. Because he has that little, doesn't he have that little knife? Or is that Peter Pan? No, he has a little knife. He has a little knife. Yeah. yeah. Of course, and He's going to shank him. And the born arrow. Just, he's going to shank Russell Crowe just like that emperor did in Gladiator. Mm. To the side. Done. Sorry. And of course, the little foxes are a lot more attractive than either of them. Yeah. I think so. Very quick. Very quick. Mm. I had a cross on him. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm surprised you didn't have a crush on the other Robin Hood, the one from Men in Tights. Because he was also in Princess Bride, which you love. I don't love him. Oh. I like the movies. I don't like But you were excited when he came down here, right? For uh, Wasn't there a con? Hawaii con? Not Hawaii con. Honolulu? Well, did Comic he? con? Did he come? Yeah, he came down. We talked about him. At but least. I didn't see him, right? No, I guess not. Yeah. If I don't yeah. haul my cookies out, all the way out there, then that means it doesn't make... The, doesn't mean that much to Doesn't me. move the needle for you? No. Maybe I was the one that was excited. See, could be. But I still didn't go. But then again, there's a lot of things I'm excited about that I don't go to. You haven't went to one since we went for um, yeah. our video blog. That's correct. 
I'm waiting for my oldest daughter to gain interest. I told her about it. And, that uh, might be never, you know that. It scared her. <laughs> what? Yeah, I said, no, there's people that dress up like, you know, it's kind of like Halloween. And people oh. are like, like grown-ups dress up. And she was like, show her, oh. show her pictures. Maybe. Show her our, our um, video. thing, yeah. Okay, now that we mentioned it, why don't we, we post our video? Post it. <laughs> Jamie and I made an amazing video covering one of the comic cons that we have here in Honolulu. And we did, yeah. I'm pretty, I would say out of all the videos that we worked on, that one might be the most favorite, I think. We put a lot of work into that one. Yeah. Especially the graphics at the end where we transformed everyone into a comic book character. Remember at the end? No. You don't remember? What? When people, we had everyone like do a pose at the end of their interview. Okay. And then we turned them into. Oh, like, okay, got it. Yeah, got it, into got like it. a comic book page. I just remember that you beamed me out. And I beamed you out. Yeah, yeah. That's a good video. People are going to love it. You're going to love this, guys. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're both uh, seeing Russell Crowe in this one yep, as the. Yep. The he's winner. A, I, I think he's a bruiser. He's he a bruiser. is a bruiser. Yeah. Again, we got to just end this podcast agreeing too much here. Oh, yeah, we have to change something. <laughs> I hate you, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> On to the snack review. Snacky snack time. Time for the snack review. Believe it or not, we have another snack from Japan. <laughs> As if that's the only country that makes snacks. You'd think, huh? But you know what? Jamie has brought another one, and this one, it's crazy. Crazy peanuts. <laughs> Not just a regular peanut. Crazy peanuts. <laughs> and uh, I think this is um, caramel uh, flavor on the outside. It's basically uh -huh. uh, peanuts in the inside, uh, some, some kind of uh, chocolate candy coating on the outside, and it's caramel flavor. They're smooth. They look like tanned macadamias. Yeah. They're like macadamias that went to the beach for a little bit. Almost like that iso peanut concept. Ah, uh, you know? okay, yeah. You know? And, um, okay, so this, uh, these are from Chiba, the town of Chiba. Ooh. Which is supposed to be known for their peanut products. you think they'd be known for their sweet Chiba, but they're not. I don't know what Chiba is slang for, like, marijuana, weed. Oh, is it? Yeah. You would know, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Like I said, you know, like I love these, uh, the packaging and, you know, they try to translate uh, Japanese sentiment into English. Oh, right, right. Okay. So this one says, it is the peanut, which this is by chocolate of various taste and was coated. Woo. This one's rough. Is that to the point or what? Like, you don't think like... <laughs> I don't know, like, there's not one guy that could, like, just email something to some, exactly. like, an English speaker. Because don't they have, like, English-speaking teachers, right? Yes. Like, in Japan, yes. right, to teach English. Like, maybe that's a second job that it could pick up, or maybe a consultant. Or just email me, you <laughs> yeah. know. Email Jamie, everybody. You know, put me on contract or retainer or something. I used to have a friend that worked for Sega in Japan, oh. and he was, his main deal was to help translate those instruction booklets. That is a sweet, sweet job. Yeah, okay. it was a sweet job sweet, yeah. from what he's told me. Yeah. Um, other things about this packaging, very bright yellow mm -hmm. uh, with the crazy peanuts in big font. Big uh, font. Sort of like Old West type mm -hmm. of font. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
It's very so. fun. It's kind of a fun packaging. Very fun. Mm -hmm. Totally fun. Uh, I never turned down a peanut. Kind of been in a in a peanut phase recently. Really? Yeah. Been eating peanuts at home with my whiskey. Hmm. Last night I ate a bunch of almonds. Does that does peanuts or nuts go with whiskey? Kind of does. Yeah. Kind of makes me thirsty, so I drink it. Oh, it's salted. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That'll do it. Yeah, but to be honest, even if they're not salted, you yeah. know, because it's like, say, if you just snacked on peanut butter, wouldn't that make you thirsty? Yes. Yeah, it's the same deal. Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. But anyway, very excited about these. I'm surprised at how dry they're keeping, considering they're coated with something. You know what I mean? Like, say, macadamia nut chocolates, mm -hmm. how they're individually, uh, not wrapped, or some are, but you know, like say if you get a box of chocolates, right? Mm -hmm. Because you don't want them touching each other, whereas these are all crammed in, just like how you would buy a, a bag of nuts, but yet they're coated. Yeah, it, I think it's like a different method, I think, because if you touch them, they're uh -huh. very dry. They seem lightly powdered, but yeah, you're right, they're, uh, they're dry and hard. Yeah. Gonna smell it. Oh, very peanutty. Mm hmm. I smell the peanut. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't smell any caramel or anything, so. Yeah. I'm uh, curious Are and gonna... excited. I'm ready to go crazy. Let's, let's do it. Okay, cheers. Whoa. Considering how hard they felt, yeah. I kind of bit hard into it. It was almost like it just disintegrated. Yeah. Yeah. Very light. Mmm. Wow. I was expecting to have like a full peanut in there. Kind of like, you know, the peanut M&M's. Yeah, it's almost like a... But it's almost like peanut wafer like or a, something. Yeah. Oh, a peanut wafer ball. Like they crushed it up and they formed a new peanut. Yeah, exactly. Which I think maybe they did. I think so. You can probably save them peanuts that way, I guess. I don't know. You know how expensive I peanuts it, are. I think it sort of widens the world of products that they can make sure. they do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, wow, very interesting texture. Mm -hmm. We're gonna do one more? Oh yeah. Pour down four, so. Mm. Yeah, I was more careful biting into this one, but. Wow, it's so light that it feels like you could just eat a ton of these. Very dangerous. Um, not very sweet. Sweet no. enough for it to be tasty. Yeah. And it goes down smooth down your throat. Yeah. It's kind of creamy. Very effortless to eat. Mm -hmm. Again, dangerous. With whiskey. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I think so. But then again, I, I'll try a lot of things with whiskey. <laughs> Pizza, mm. steak. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Mm. Yeah, I think um, the reputation of uh, Chiba as the peanut capital is uh, pretty good. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you this, Jamie, because okay. um, I've seen you buy nuts as a snack before. True. You snack on those uh, those highfalutin macadamias. <laughs> <laughs> so, would you take this over a pack of those macadamias? Just plain salted macadamias? Yeah, that's what you usually eat, right? <clears throat> Sometimes I get the Maui onion. Oh, okay. Um, Where would this fall in between all of that? Hmm. Well, my preference is usually 
savory over sweet. Uh-huh. And this is more sweet, right? Sure, yeah. So, probably like eight times out of ten, I'll go for the mac salty macadamia nuts. I like, uh, yeah, I prefer uh, dry snacks, even though this wasn't too gooey or anything mm -hmm. like that, um, because it was still on the sweeter side. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll take regular, regular nuts over some crazy peanuts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but this is really really good. Really, really I'm awesome. usually not a fan of caramel, and uh, it's it's like not like caramel in the traditional sense. No, it's a hint of caramel almost. It's the taste of it, the flavor of it, rather than the texture of it. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome. But very cool snack. I mean, mm -hmm. it's you know that feeling of when you tried something that you never had before. Mm -hmm. It's very original. Mm -hmm. Very original. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Um, and this is not the only peanut snack that I saw in Chiba. And they do a lot of um, different products in this kind of style where they crush the peanuts and then make it into something else. Uh -huh. You know, um, I've, I've, I bought um, peanut chips. So they're uh -huh. like formed into chips. Oh, okay. And it was uh, butter flavored, which is, which is awesome. For obvious reasons, I just kept it at home and ate it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you, if anyone gets a chance to go to Chiba, definitely um, try to uh, get samples of the uh, peanut products and because it is the bomb. I will give this snack four out of six crazy nuts. Crazy nuts. Um, let's see. Okay, I'll, I'll do. Uh, I think seven out of nine Mr. Peanuts. Ah. As a sort of tribute to American Peanuts. It'd be cool if they had like a Japanese version of Mr. Peanut. I know. On the crazy nuts. So like maybe it doesn't have a monocle Pe or like... Peanutsu-san. No. <laughs> Natsu-san. Yosh. And there you have it. Just three more episodes of this third Third season? <laughs> third season hey now. of the podcast. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe the Opposite Tastes podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Opposite Tastes Podcast or our Facebook group. You can just type in Opposite Tastes Podcast. It'll take you right to it. And follow us on Twitter at Opposite Tastes. Remember, that's plural. And from time to time, we'll be... We're making a habit of this now, of asking people for suggestions, opinions, opinions yeah. that we'll share right here in the show. Yeah. So just keep on plugging away and just hope that you're one of the few chosen out of the <laughs> thousands that reply. Okay? Just be patient and believe in your dreams, and one day it'll come true. This has been the Opposite Tastes Podcast. Aloha. See ya. See ya.